Amen. Thank you. Good singing. HBF, choir, and everybody here is awesome. So praise the Lord. Man, that was good. I enjoyed that. And, uh, I, you know, mo- what's most important is uh, did the Lord enjoy that? And uh, I pray that he was uh, blessed by our praise. So we are on, uh, man, it's amazing. Uh, this week is flying by. We've had some really great uh, times, and there's some great times yet to come tonight. And uh, I just want to just, uh, again, welcome you. If this is your first time here tonight, we're glad. Uh, if you are, uh, if you haven't been part of our vision conference before, uh, man, we want you to, to feel welcome and wanted and, uh, and really make sure that you can, uh, you know, make time next year and uh, make sure this is something that's on your calendar every year. It's been good. It's been good to have our guests in. Uh, the Dan and Jan, there they are, Dan and Jan Jalowicz are in the back. You got your daughter with you. Awesome. So was, were you here the whole time? Okay. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. I was like, man, I missed that. So we got the whole Jalowick family. Thank you guys. They came in last night. Give them some love, man. It's good to good to have you with us. Amen. So Dan Dan and Jan and uh and your daughter, you are you guys all flew in last night at this time. They were in transit. So uh they were here this morning and Dan did a great job talking about cultural adaptation and it was a really good session. And so um uh I just want to do a quiz tonight just to see what we've retained a little bit. Who, who other than like Randy, uh, he, he's exempt. You, you can have a T-shirt, Randy, but you don't get to win one. Okay. Uh, what, what, you got to stand. No, I know some, I've been told some of you want a T-shirt. All right. So, and by the way, if you get the wrong size, just exchange it later. But what city in Zambia, Africa are the Jalowicz from? Not you, Dan. <laughs> you know? No, not Kafula Futa. Am I the only one? That, uh, Randy. Oh, wait. Ron. Ron. Yeah, Ron. Chapada. I got. I'm tossing this to Randy, and Randy's gonna give it to you, Ron. I would not do that to you. And and Dan, just because you're Dan, I'm I'm sending one out to Dan. <laughs> so, all right. That's awesome. I got one more left. So. Um, I'm just thinking of these as like, you know, off the top of my head. Okay, what are the three things that uh, that our brother um, Carter told us that the first three things, remember? Well, I don't want to say them because that will give them away. Anybody? Just stand up. You got to stand up to get this one. The three things, God what? Yes, we've been commanded to go. That's right. All right, Rach, I'm going to throw that to Dad. So, all right, so Rach gets that one. Sorry, Bree. You got to have the answers. All right. So, uh, um, all right, guys. It's so good to be here. I hope you guys are engaged and uh, we're loving uh, what's going on this morning. I just, uh, it's not everybody was here, but we were just kind of rapping about uh, or talking about just how God has done some miracles, right? And, and God has put pieces together. And these sessions, every one of them is just built on another and how great it's been. And so I do hope you understand here, Heartland, um, that, you know, we talk about the mission of God. We have a mission. It's very simple. We restate the mission of Ephesians 4. And so we're here to equip the saints of God and the word of God to accomplish the mission of God, which making disciples. Uh, so that's the mission of God. We want to do that in the power of God, right, for the glory of God. And so that's our mission. And then when we talk about vision, I, it's interesting. You know, I've mentioned Proverbs twenty nine eighteen and some other things. 
but I haven't really told you what is our what, what is our mission statement. Well, we don't have a mission state. Or I'm sorry, I've given you our mission statement. Our vision statement actually comes from Philippians chapter two, and we want to be. Uh, I'm summarizing Cliff notes. We want to be a church in the heart of America, right? We we actually say this: a, heart, a church in the heart of America with a heart for people. That's just kind of a, a slogan. But what we really want to be is a church in the heart of America, right? That is um, that is faithful till Jesus comes. We want to be a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We want to shine brightly, right, until Jesus comes for us. If you go back and read Philippians chapter 2, we often think of verse 5 about, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But what is that about? That's about Jesus being on a mission. He came from heaven to earth, and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And now God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. Right. And so we are here to proclaim that we are here. And man, we have been hearing about that all week long. We are here to be good stewards of our opportunity, our time on the planet to accomplish that vision that God has for us, because we're only here for a season. We talked about Brian Calloway talked about that this morning. Uh, you know, the processes uh, we sometimes we think this is going to go on forever, but it's not in your own life is not going to go on for le- in the in this body is not going to go on forever. There's coming a point where we're going to get out of this carcass and get a new one. Right. And at that point, when we get to heaven, our opportunity to run around like we are today with this skin on and make a decision to love God and share the love of God with other people is going to come to a close. And so these moments we have together are precious when we're focusing on God's vision and and, and understanding how his mission uh, fulfills that vision, not only for the church as a whole, but for our lives as individuals. And if, as we plug into to what it means to sow God's word, right, to go just like. Rachel was saying, we're commanded, we're commanded to go, go ye, therefore, sowing the word of God and then shepherding, right? That's taking care of that fruit that God gives us. I've asked at the beginning of the year, I asked many in our church, uh, you're like, what can I do next? Well, obviously we need to go and sow, but we also need to grow, right? And not only us, but we need to grow others. And so that means taking time out of our lives. It takes time to raise children. It takes time to make disciples. And we got to order our lives so that we can invest the word of God in other people's lives. It has to be a priority, or we will, God, or the devil, the world, and the flesh will fill up our calendars so that we are not accomplishing God's mission and God's power for God's glory. And, uh, and of course, and then ultimately, what is that all about? Well, ultimately, God's going to call out. Not everybody's going to be called to to go to some far-flung place around the world, like Lee and Heather in the middle of a COVID crisis. Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, God's going to call some out, and uh, and we're going to send them, right? But every day, God is sending us forth to accomplish his mission and his power for his glory. This morning, we even talked about how the diversities of culture, uh, if you're not faithful dealing with diversity of culture right here where we live, then, man, you're never going to be able to do it somewhere where you don't live, right? And so we got to be faithful with least so God can make us faithful with much, not for our sake, but for his honor and his glory and his kingdom. So the vision conference is all about stirring up our pure minds, right? We got enough impurity going in our minds day in, day out. So this is a time where we just soak ourselves in the word of God. And man, it's been a great week. And so one of the most, one of the things that that is accompanying this uh, whole endeavor is the fact that we're so dependent upon God. We cannot do this in the arm of the flesh. We've got to do this in his power, right? When we talk about the power of God, right? Sometimes it's we want to accomplish, accomplish the, equip the saints of God and the word of God to accomplish the mission of God in the power of man. And that happens. Nickels and noses. We heard uh, Brian Clark talking about that yesterday morning. And it's just nickels and noses. It's programming. It's, it's, not, it's not miracles. It's not a changed life. It's not the power of Jesus Christ in someone's life. 
It's not supernatural. It's mechanical. It's manufactured, and it doesn't last, right? So we're wanting to see God accomplish his mission in his power. And I tell you, one of the things that we haven't probably emphasized enough this conference is prayer, right? Uh, we get a lot of, we're, get, we're taking in a lot, but, you know, one of the things that we need to make sure we're doing is giving out a lot. And so uh, I want to invite Randy up. He's going to talk to us a little bit more about prayer and, uh, and our prayer teams and some of the things that are going on. So if Randy would come up, I'm going to hand off the baton, and uh, he's going to take it from here. All right, yeah, I just want to take a couple minutes before we get started uh, and just kind of remind you, I mentioned last night um, that uh, uh, there were, you know, the reason we have a vision conference is to get help, get you, give you a time to, anybody remember what it was like? Brian's asking all kinds of questions, challenging you, what do you remember? Uh, you know, there's, there's three things we do for vision conference, but there's really the one fourth one that's important. So we have fun, we have food, and we have fellowship. But all of that is to bring us to the point of doing what? Focusing. Focusing yourself to align yourself with the mission of God and the mission of this church, which aligns itself with the mission of God to get it, to get it accomplished. Notice, I was looking at this, this verse over here, which is our theme verse for this conference. It says, to finish his work. And, and I challenge everybody, and no, Mitch, you can't answer this tonight. But what is the work of God? What is, what is his work? What is God's work? What is he trying to get accomplished? What is God's mission? Anybody remember that? Hmm? To, not, to, not to replace himself, but to restore his image in lost man. That's, that's God's mission, to restore his image in lost man. What does that mean? Get people saved. You know, once they get saved, what happens? They get restored in the image of God. They get that dead spirit replaced with a live spirit, and then they have the image of God that, that Adam was given when Adam was first created. And so the conference, this vision conference, we don't call it a missions conference because we're not just focused on missions. We're, fo we're focused on your vision. What does your vision line up with? And let me just, so one thing that we can do, if you want to start tuning your vision, is to join a prayer team. And so what is a prayer team? A prayer team is a group of people that get together to pray. That's pretty simple. And every, I think everybody in this room knows how to pray, even if it's all it's a cry, oh, God, please help. That's enough of a prayer right there for a missionary. Oh, God, please help Lee. Oh, God, please help Dan. Oh, God, please help anybody. Help Brad. Brad. Sorry. Just, uh, just you know, help. That's prayer is helping. And prayer is important, so join a prayer team. If you want to start focusing your life on the mission of God, start praying about the mission of God. Join a prayer team. And on the back of our bulletin, or on one of the pages of our Sunday morning bulletin, you, is the list of all the prayer teams we currently have. Uh, and there's, I think, eight or nine of them. There's a couple of them that uh, we are looking for uh, leaders to lead those prayer teams. But for right now, we have eight or, or so, and you can you can join them. Now, you don't have to join every one of them, uh, and maybe just as you're trying to focus, maybe just go to some of the meetings and see what they're doing. Get to know the missionary that that prayer team is around. Like for tonight, we're going to get a, we have a, a short little video from Doug Howie, Doug and Camille Howie in, in Romania, and they're uh, they're now they're dear and they have a they have a place in this church because of we've had a connection with them for a long time. Many of you may not recall them. I don't remember the last time they were here. It's been a while. Um, 
How many of you remember Doug and Camilla Howie? A good, good number of hands. So, you, so right there, the ones that didn't raise your hand, you can join their team and you can get to know Doug and Camilla really well. And, uh, and just get involved in the prayer team. If you don't know who they are, the, the leaders are listed on, this, on the bulletin. You can give them a call or contact them. Uh, I think James and Michelle Horton are the prayer team leaders for the, the, for the Howies in Romania. So uh, do you have a scheduled meeting next coming up? I'm going to put you on the spot here, brother. Okay, so all prayer teams are open for anybody, even and so you can join that prayer team. Get a hold of of, of uh, James and say, "Hey, give me the information for our next meeting because I want to be there," and uh, and and start focusing your your heart, your vision on what God is getting done around the world. And I think it's important for all of us to do. And so, uh, thank you for the time. Um, I'm not sure what's next. Hmm? Oh, the video. Yeah, I said that. Hello, Heartland. This is Doug Howie, your missionary to Transylvania, Romania. I'm actually here in Ristov, Romania, right in the heart of Transylvania. We're a town of 18,000 people. It's a key city. We're right next door to the city of Brasov, Romania, a town, actually a metropolitan area of half a million people. Ristov is a key city because we're kind of a commuter town. There's really a building boom going on here. We've got apartments going up all over the place. Houses being built all over the place. The town is growing by leaps and bounds. We're a, a tourist city because we're just down the road. We're just 15 minutes away from Dracula's castle. Um, we've got a medieval fortress built by Teutonic Knights. Crusaders built a, a medieval fortress up on the hill above our city. It's a big tourist site. Get about a half a million tourists every year here that come to see the, the, the sites in the area, including the biggest dinosaur park in Romania. So we've got a big, a big tourist area here, including a ski resort. We've got an Olympic ski jump, an Olympic biathlon course. So it's a big, important city here in the, of national interest here in Romania. So we get tons of tourists, uh, lots of young families commuting to the big city nearby. Um, but a big problem we have here in our city of Rishnov is there's no church. A town of 18,000 people and no Bible-believing church. So that's what God's called us here to do, is to plant a church. And we've gathered a group of people. We've got about 25 uh, solid members that come every week. We meet weekly in our home, here in our living room, in our house. 25 people meet every single week. We have church. We, we fellowship together. We, we pretty much fellowship around food. Uh, so Kamali cooks a big meal every week. Uh, we study the Bible. We're currently going through the book of Acts. We've done the whole book of John together. We've studied through the life of Jesus together. Currently going through the book of Acts. Uh, we worship together. We fellowship together. Eat together. Pray together. And then, of course, we're doing discipleship. And then every single week on Thursdays, we go out and we evangelize on the street. Uh, we do street evangelism. We oftentimes train. We partner with other ministries here. There's a Bible school that... Uh, from Torchbearers International that meets up the road in a camp. We train those students and we take them out. 
and do street evangelism as well. In fact, uh, just Thursday of last week, we had three people get saved here on the streets in Rishnov. In fact, one of the guys that got saved is a Sri Lankan, a Sri Lankan Buddhist, got saved here in Rishnov, Romania. Uh, which brings me to one of the things that happens here in our town as well. Um, Romanians, by nature, all want to leave Romania. They want to get out of Romania and go live in Germany and Italy and uh, Spain and America. They want to leave Romania for a better life. Well, as the Romanians leave, the, the void of that they're leaving behind is being filled by Sri Lankans, uh, Filipinos, and Asian countries are coming into Romania. So we're getting international students and international workers coming into Romania. Uh, so we're having international ministry opportunities as well. So those are some ministry opportunities we've got. In, in addition to street evangelism, we've got international ministries as well. Um, meanwhile, as we meet in our church home for church, we, we have some challenges. The, 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 the current challenge we've got, of course, is COVID. Uh, we have legal challenges because of COVID because currently we're not allowed to meet uh, legally as a church and we can't meet with more than uh, six people at a time. So we have to find creative ways to meet. Um, so we've, we've got to kind of wiggle our way around the laws and rules for that. Um, that's one of our COVID challenges at the moment. Um, and another challenge we've got is currently our town... Uh, Everything shuts down at 6 o'clock on the weekends, so we have to get everybody out of here. Uh, the curfew actually starts at 8 p.m. All the stores close at 6 p.m. By 8 o'clock, everybody's got to be in their house. So church, we, we end church at 7.55 p.m., and everybody's got to run home by 8 o'clock. So that's how we do church right now. Another key problem we have is a cultural problem, and that is we win people to Christ, um, or we invite people into our house for church, new believers or lost people into our house and they're kind of weary to come because having church in a home is kind of cultish to them so the problem and the challenge that we face is having church in a home is cultish so what we're trying to do now is find a place to meet that's not inside of our home we used to meet in a church in a building that we rented and uh, when we had the church building we would consistently have 30 to 40 sometimes up to 50 people that would come to our church. Since we've been meeting in our home, we can't get the same amount of people to come to our home. So the challenge we face right now is the, that we're facing right now is trying to get a permanent meeting place. We want to be able to hang a plaque outside that says, here's our church. In fact, the name of our church is called Izvorovyesi, which means spring of life. And we want to be able to hang that plaque outside that says, here's where our church meets. And we're hoping that by doing that, we'll have a more permanent place to meet, which will allow that cultural barrier to be knocked down and allow people to come in uh, and, and hear about Christ. So what we're doing right now is we're asking people to pray with us about raising the funds necessary to be able to buy a piece of land or buy a building and renovate it or buy a piece of land and build a, a brand new building so we can have a permanent place to meet. Uh, a neat opportunity we've got right now is there's a church that has agreed to match the next $22,000 that we raise. Uh, so if you'd pray with us about that, or if you've got uh, the ability to give, uh, God would bless you by doubling that right now. So please pray with us, and if you've got the ability to give, Heartland can pass that through to us so 
consider that for us. Um, right now, if you would pray with us for the, the, these things we, we're, that we're praying for right now, pray for us to find a piece of land or the right building that we can renovate. Um, right now, because of the booming economy here is as far as uh, all the building that's going on, we need land and we need or we need a building and it's tough to find. So we're looking for the right piece of land, the right building. Pray for that. Pray for the funding to come in for that land and that building. Uh, we're about halfway to where we need to be right now. Um, more importantly, the land or building, we want to see more fruit. We want to see people get saved. We're seeing people get saved. We want to continue to see that happening. Uh, pray for people to get saved and then pray that people get discipled. We want to see the people that we get saved get discipled. We, Hashan, the guy, that, the Sri Lankan that just got saved last week, we're reaching out to him. We invited him to church on Sunday. Uh, he said he wanted to come, but he was working while we are having church. So we're reaching out. We're following up with the people that were getting saved. We want to keep getting those people disciples. So pray for Hashan. Pray for the people that are getting saved uh, to get discipled. Uh, pray for the people that we're currently discipling. discipling. David, my disciple, pray for him. Um, pray for our health. Uh, my wife had COVID in October. I had COVID as well. But Camelli has long-term effects from COVID. So please pray for her health, that she continue to get better. And then, of course, uh, pray for my man Horton to get better. Uh, let's get him healthy as well. So pray for those things for us right now. We'd appreciate your prayers. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for the opportunity to speak to you tonight. And uh, may God bless you. Twenty-five faithfully meeting in a home. That's some good fellowship. That's some good times in the word. That's elbow to elbow. That that's almost Latino style. Right? Um let's start off. I want to do something a little bit different tonight. I want to do a little bit just a little bit something different. I'm just kind of that way, so. I apologized on Sunday morning before we started. So, um, if you were in the class Saturday, raise your hand. One, two. <laughs> Some of you put it right back down quickly too. <laughs> awesome. Um, I am going to ask for. Look, I learned a long time ago, volunteering is better than voluntold, right? So I would like one of you to volunteer yourself and, and come up here for a minute and help me with something. I'm going to need this mic on. <laughs> All right. He had no idea I was doing this, and I didn't either until God told me to do it down there. So, um. We use the term evangelism, and we've talked about it. We've talked about you can't separate evangelism from discipleship. And there's no, what, seven times now people have asked me, hey, how do you start that conversation? What's that look like? And, and so I hate role play. I'll just share that with you now. Um, it's not my favorite thing in the world to do. Because I'd rather take you and let's go out and let's just walk up to some people, all right? Um, but we're going to do a role play real quick. 
and you are going to be the most receptive person you've ever met in your life, okay? All right? Just because of time's sake. Otherwise, we could have some fun with it. Um, so I'm going to walk through just a scenario. Just, to, you know, when you build a house, you put up a frame, right? You build the foundation, you put up a frame. Okay, so here's a frame. It, there's, there is a bajillion ways to share the gospel, okay? But if you can learn a frame, what, what God did in my life, he taught me a frame, and then he started teaching me how to listen to him, to hear his voice. And so I'd just start off within the frame and listen to him and let it go wherever he wants it to go. But having that frame is important. It gives you something consistent that you can start with, that you feel comfortable with. All right? So we're just going to role play me walking up to a guy on the street. Okay? Hey, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, that's right. COVID. How's it going, man? <laughs> How's it going, man? Great. <laughs> um, is it okay if I ask you a question? Sure. All right. Now, this question, the reason I want to ask it is because somebody asked it to me, and it changed my life. Okay. Uh, the good news is it's a yes-no question. Okay? Sure. So if your heart stopped beating right now, are you 100% sure that you will go to heaven? No. Okay. You're wise. Did you know that? No. I mean, that's, that, that, is, <laughs> that is an incredibly wise answer. And so what you're telling me right now already tells me you know some Bible. Because see, in the Bible it says, in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the reason you're saying no is because you know at some point in time in your life, you've done something dumb. A whole lot. Right? Me too. So the good news is it says all. So you're not alone. Not in that boat by yourself. But the bad news is it says all. So we've all messed up and fallen short. There's a penalty for that. If I walk into Walmart right now and grab a Snickers bar because I'm hungry and I leave without paying for it, if they catch me in the parking lot, which they will because of the camera system, I'm going to get in trouble. What's going to happen? Could get arrested. Get arrested? Get fined. Okay. So there's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the same with God. When we mess up, doesn't matter what it was. I remember my mom telling me not to eat cookies, right, mm-hmm. before dinner. And I remember knowing in my mind, she said don't. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I would have got away with it, but I didn't clean my mouth. <laughs> right? Yep. But that's, I disobeyed. So that one time, there's a penalty for that. Mm-hmm. And in Romans 6.23, in the first part of it, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So just another question. When I say wage, what's that mean to you? What you get paid. Awesome. That's a good answer. So something you earn, mm-hmm. right? So you earn it because of the choice that you're making to do or not do something. Sure. Right? And so the Bible is saying the wages of sin is death. So when I say the word sin, what pops into your head? Okay. Anything else? Cheating. 
Okay. Stealing. Okay. Yeah. And all of those are sin. Yeah. Because it's disobeying God. Okay. You're disobeying the law, but the bottom, you're you are disobeying God. So the wages of sin, so what we earn when we disobey God, it says, is death. So what's death? No longer breathing. Right? That's very accurate. Physical death. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so the Bible, when it says the word death, here's what it's talking about. This is God. This is everybody else in the whole world. Okay? He's holding a microphone or I would have him do it. Okay? So if I put those two hands together, the picture of death is separation from God. So when somebody commits that first sin, they are walking around like this through life. Right now, you said no. You said you're not sure you're going to heaven. And we said that that's because of sin, right? Mm -hmm. So right now where you are standing, you're literally standing there like this. And that's a problem because if your heart does stop beating, if you stop breathing and your heart stops, and you're separated from God, we all know God's in heaven. There's only one other place. So if you're not with him in heaven, where would that put you? It put me in hell. Right. Let him say it. Let him say it. Help him. But let him say it. Because it's real. And it's personal. And it's true. Okay, and so now here's the good news. Romans 6.23 doesn't stop there. It goes on. It says, but the gift of God. What's a gift? Something somebody gives to you. Can't use the word in the definition. Try again. No. <laughs> Something you receive from someone right. for free. So what's a good example of that? Birthdays. Yeah. The day I was born, the day you were born, we didn't do any of the work, did we? Nope. Nope. All we did was be a pain, right? Well, speak for yourself. Well, no. No, ask your mom. <laughs> you know, that, that's fact, <laughs> all right? So mom went through all the pain and did all the work. The doctor played catcher, right? Mm -hmm. And we didn't do anything. Right. And yet, here in America, most of the time, on our birthday, people give us something. Yeah. Right? They pay for it. They pick it out. My wife, if it's me, she's going to make me wrap it, right? And then when I offer it to you, I paid for it. You did nothing to earn it. And I can hold it out to you and say, hey, got a gift for you. When does that gift become yours? Once I grab it and take it. Yeah, you got to reach out and take it. Otherwise, you could, you could go, wow, you remembered it's my birthday. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for remembering that. And then turn around and go back in your house. Yeah. Right? The gift's still in my hand. It's not doing you any good. Right. You got to reach out and take it. Mm -hmm. And God wants you to do that. It says the gift of God. Now, I get excited when my wife buys me presents. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be really good because my wife knows me. Right? But this is coming from God. It's going to be even better. And the gift of God is eternal life. Take your hands and show me what death was. Right. Now, put them together. 
that's eternal life. Never being separated from God, no matter what. Nothing being able to change your life. That's what he wants to offer you. And it's simple. Romans 10.9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And here's what that looked like for me. I was walking into a church one day. I went over into the building where nobody was. I sat in a chair, thinking about the fact that I was on my way to hell. Because somebody had shared those truths. I sat there. Satan didn't want me to get saved. He was giving me all the reasons why I shouldn't pray. And I made the decision. I said, Lord, I'm asking you to save me. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for paying that price for me. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. And I want you to ask me the question that I asked you at the very beginning. If your heart stops beating right now, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Yep. No question, because it's not based on me. It's based on Jesus. I reached out, and he had already paid for the debt. He gave it to me. Now it's his job to make sure I go to heaven because he's the one that paid the price. He wants that for you. Do you like the price? So at that point, you got to listen. If they say no, they say no. Jesus gives them the chance to say no. They have that liberty. It's okay. But if they say no, I'm going to ask them, okay, just tell me the one thing that's standing in the way. So that I can pray for you. If they say yes, it doesn't stop there. Because evangelism is what? I don't believe you. Evangelism is what? Discipleship. I believe this side. That ain't good. Pastor's over here. No. (laughs) And Randy. (laughs) Evangelism's what? Discipleship. That's right. It is. So the conversation... Can not stop there. So he prays, he accepts Christ as his Savior, right? That's awesome, <laughs> right? I do two things at that point. In heaven, right now, they're singing praises to God for eternity. They're having a party. I like having parties here. If they can celebrate it there, I want to celebrate it here. And I'll celebrate it with them. I say, hey, on the count of three, what do you want to shout? Do you want to yell, thank you, Jesus? What do you want to yell? And then on the count of three, we yell whatever it is they said. Okay? And then I say, now, one more question. Now you're a child of God. The Bible says you have been born again. I have two kids. Sometimes they listen to what I say. Hi, Bethany. I know you're watching out there. Hi, Travis. Sometimes they do what I say. Sometimes they don't. But they're my children either way because they were born in my bloodline. You are born 
in the bloodline of Christ. Okay? You're one of his children no matter what happens. But the question is, do you want to be a faithful child of God or do you want to be an unfaithful child of God? Faithful. Awesome. The first thing he asks you to do is get baptized. That is right. Can we have coffee? I love coffee. Awesome. What works for you? Anytime. Okay. So then tomorrow, 2 o'clock, we're going to meet, not at Starbucks, though, because we heard that there's a guy back there that doesn't like Starbucks right now. And so we're going to meet at the local coffee shop. Okay. I'm going to bring my own. (laughs) All right. I'm going to bring my own. (laughs) All right. We're going to get together, and I'm going to walk you through why God asks us to take that step. Okay? Okay. Awesome. Have a good day. You too. Okay? So, basic. (laughs) Basic. It's a framework. It's something you can utilize no matter where you're at. I do. I've used it everywhere. And then I listen to the Holy Spirit. How do you want me to take this in this frame? Okay. Which drywall do you want hung first? Okay. So, but practical. It does no good to have this conference if you leave it not living any differently than you were before it. It does no good. Zero. That that would break your pastor's heart. It, it would break my heart. It would break Jesus' heart. That's not what the point is to this. You cannot sow, shepherd, and send without your life changing. It has to. My life has to change during this conference. If I leave the same as I came, I did not listen to God. Okay? And so we got to remember that. So Sunday, we learned some things. And I'm so stinking proud of you. You guys knew the three things that we need to remember that will help us with urgency. You got to remember those things. Doing phenomenal. Okay? We also saw discipleship lived out by Jesus. We saw it with his disciples and we saw it with the woman at the well. Right? Okay? And so at that point, the challenge should have been go disciple somebody. And Jesus started discipling the woman at the well by telling her who he was, by introducing her to who he was. And so the question you need to ask yourself right now is, whose life around me is different since Sunday because of what Jesus told me to do Sunday? Whose life is different around me since Sunday because of what Jesus told me to do on Sunday? Okay. Discipleship doesn't just happen. Right? You have to ask the questions, you have to go. Or it won't happen. We have to go. We have to tell people. We have to go to the people. We can't wait for them to come to us. Okay? Next slide, please. Go ahead. Um, Back up one time. So this is on the walls. You already heard Pastor hit it. 
okay? But this should be happening already since Sunday. There should be somebody sowing. And I, I've heard the stories. Pastors shared some. Some other people have come up to me and shared stories with me, how it is happening, right? And that's phenomenal. I've, I think I'm up to about 10 so far, 10 different people talking to me about different ways that they've been sowing and starting that process. Praise God. That's awesome, right? But we should be shouting on high about it. There should be, man, let's, come on now. There is no reason why everybody here can't be doing it, right? Raise your hand if you're a child of God. Child of God. No, keep them up. Raise, raise them up. Look around, Pastor. Right? Awesome. Okay, you can put them down. Praise God. Let's do it. Amen? I'm pointing me too. Let's do it. We have to live this out. Right? Why give a third message that's going to be more of the same if we're not going to do the first one? Come on. Right? Because if I do that, if we're not careful, what are we doing? We're stacking knowledge on what? Knowledge. And what's going to happen? Someone's going to trip. Because pride. Right? Get puffed up. You start tripping. And this is a good church. When I'm saying this is a good church, I ain't talking about the walls. That's not the church. The definition of church is the people. This is a good church. You guys are doing a good job. But let's ramp it up. Why not, right? Let's, let's be that church that in heaven, they're going, check that out. I want Jesus to have writer's cramp. Right? Why not? Let's keep him so busy putting names in the book of life. Right? Name after name after name after name after name. Just rapid fire. But it's not going to happen unless we... Go. We have to do it. It's not going to happen any other way. Not magically. It won't happen. Okay? Jesus is, look, he woke me up at 3 a.m. and said, yeah, no, you're not preaching the message that you have prepared. Can this wait till 6? Right? I sounded just like everybody but the dead man. If you were here yesterday, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I had I had a, a reason that came right out of my mouth immediately. I'm tired. Right? We can't be that way. When he speaks, you need to obey. Okay? So go ahead and jump past the Jesus impact. Let's not jump past the Jesus impact, but that's fine. Okay? So you should see the Jesus Jesus impact in the people around you. If you've been here and you've received what he's saying, it's Jesus speaking, right? Who is this? That's right. It's not what is this. It's who is this. It's Jesus. There's no doubt about that. 
if you believe this is the word of God and that it's perfect and it's pure and it's holy, then John says in John chapter 1, by the time you get to verse 14, that this is Jesus, okay? He's speaking to us. Let's apply it, all right? So before we start, here's your challenge for tomorrow. How many people does Samaritan lady bring back? Where they at? Man, let's go receive. Amen? Let's have it. I'm sorry, tech people. Let's blow up the internet, too. <laughs> right? Let's have so many people trying to watch and see what in the world's happening. That the website can't handle it. That Facebook, the Facebook page has issues. Come on, right? Let's do this. Good night. Have you been to the coffee spread out there? And the lemonade and the tea and the donuts and the cookies that had M&Ms in them? Not that I personally had any. But have you been there? Okay, so let's make sure that they don't have enough tomorrow. Sorry, love you guys. Come on. Let's get after it. Right? Every time I drive past that truck stop, and I ain't driving past it tomorrow. Every time I drive past it, there's more ridges than you can count. You tell me those guys don't look co like coffee and cookies? They can come here and have some free coffee and cookies. <laughs> I know. I saw some of those suckers in right now. <laughs> but they can, right? First come, first serve. Get them all theirs. They'll be awesome. Oh, so good. Anyway, right? Let's do this. Let's fill this place. Why? Not because Lee Carter's preaching. Are you kidding me? I sat here and looked around. I didn't even want to get up out of my seat. You got Pastor Hedges here. You got Randy. You got Dan here. Are you kidding me? Josh Bennett can preach the paint off walls. Right? Good night. And I get to come up here and stand? I don't know. I'm not ignoring the rest of you pastors. I just done forgot all your names. Okay? Jesus is going to speak. Let's get as excited as the woman at the well. All right? Let's bring them. I'm going to pray real quick. I'm going to get started. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. Lord Jesus Christ, I need you. I'm trying to follow you, Lord, but there ain't no way I'm doing it perfect. We need to hear your sweet and oh-so-powerful voice. Rattle our cages, Lord. Get our attention. Show us. Man, just draw us. Help me to stay out of your way, but in, in what you want done for me. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Acts chapter 10. 
I love Acts, and I love Acts chapter 10. And so we're going to, I'm going to give you an overview of Acts chapter 10, and then we're going to chunk it up, okay? So Acts chapter 10, you got this guy named Cornelius. He's a centurion, okay? So that means he has authority in the Roman army, and he is over 100 guys, right? So he's somebody in the military. He tells them to do things, they do it, or, or they lose their life, okay? So Cornelius is said to be this devout man, this man that fears God. He prays daily. He had people's respect. There's passages that, that will show you that, actually in this passage later on, it will show you that even the Jews had respect for him. Come on now, guys, that's something. He's a Gentile's Gentile, and the Jews had respect for him. So he had a prayer life that was constant. He believed in God, right? And he's praying, and and when, when he prays, this angel appears, right? Come on now. That'd rock your boat a little bit, wouldn't it? He's a lost man, right? Yes or no? Yes or no? Tell it until you believe it yourself, yes or no? Yeah, he is. He's lost. He has no relationship with God. And yet, the angel shows up and says, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before the Lord. Are you kidding me? Guess what that means? God listens to lost people. He don't have to. But he does, or this couldn't have happened. If he didn't listen to lost people, how'd you get saved? Right? So this angel shows up, tells him, hey, God's heard you, and here's some instructions. And he tells him, you need to send for this dude that's in Simon the Tanner's house. Oh, by the way, his name's Simon. <laughs> right? It's a different different guy, but... He's in Simon and Tanner's house. You need to send for him because he needs to come and deliver a message to you. Right? So God has given instructions to a lost man. Right? Lazarus was dead and in the tomb. Right? When we talked about it yesterday. Well, Lazarus and this dude got something in common. Besides being dead, right, they both obeyed. As soon as it stops, as soon as the the, the vision with the angel stops, he calls in two of his servants. He says, hey, come here, check this out. Now, come on, y'all. Imagine this conversation. Hey, uh, I just saw an angel. To lost people. I just saw an angel, and he gave me a message, and you, you, and you are going to go to this guy named Simon the Tanner 
in in this other place. You're going to go to his house, and you're going to bring back Peter. Go tell him God says he needs to come deliver a message here. Come on now. Tell me that was easy to say. Right? But they did it. They listened to the one who had authority over them, and they did it. They went. So now we get pitcher and pitcher going on. So in the process, you know what pitcher and pitcher is? Right? So you can see, watch two TV shows at the same time. Right? You can watch basketball and football at the same basketball and soccer, basketball. Or, you know, just, w- just watch two things at the same time. So we got pitcher and pitcher going on. We got him sending his servants and them being on their way to go to the house where the tanner lives. A tanner is a taxidermist. Okay? So that's the house they're headed out to. Well, we've got Peter in that guy's house. Peter was a Jew. Jews aren't supposed to hang out with tanners. They couldn't be around the dead animal skin. He was not supposed to be in that house according to his cultural upbringing in his religion. But God's God's um, stretching Peter. He's teaching him. Right? He's starting to walk him through the transition that happened in Acts. And so Peter's walking back and forth on the roof. And he's praying. And he's got this vision. And God starts talking to him in this scroll or paper thing or so I don't know. I didn't get to see it, you know. It it comes down from heaven. This is my favorite part of the Bible, by the way, and you're gonna hear why in a second. It, it comes down from heaven. And it's got all these animals on it. And it says four-footed. It says creeping things. It says fowls. This thing's a picture of everything. Right? And God says, eat. He says more than that, but I'm paraphrasing it. Eat. Right? And if you were a Jew, that was a good day because you know there was a hog on there somewhere. It says all of it. That means he got permission to eat bacon. Thank you. Right? So, but seriously, he was told, you can eat any of this you want. (laughs) What was his first response? Nuh-uh. Not so. And never before. And ain't gonna. Right? Same response yesterday that we saw from the disciples when he gave instruction. Same response we saw Mary gave. Uh uh. Let me tell you what, really, Jesus, hang on, let me explain this to you. Right? And so he goes on three times, it says. This is God's dealing with this. Three different times. And then that stops, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, there's people coming to the door for you. Right? Well, he didn't run from the doors. He did that part right. He went and he answered the door, and it was the servants. So they were faithful. They came. So now you have something really weird happening. You've got Gentiles coming to the door of a Jew. 
in a Gentile's house. And the Gentiles are saying, come with us. Jews don't travel with Gentiles. It doesn't happen. Come with us. And what he did doesn't happen either. He invites them in to stay the night. He hangs out with them all night. And the next day, they travel back. Okay? So there's a lot going on here. So in verses 1 through 2 in Acts chapter 10, we see a man. He's a centurion. He's specifically in the Italian unit. Right? His name was Cornelius. He was devout, feared God, gave alms, and prayed always. He'd give you the shirt off his back. That's the kind of guy this was. In verses 3 through 6, we see he's praying. We see God knew his name. God knew he had been praying. God knew of his sacrifices. Alms. He knew of that. And he was given instructions from God, and they were specific. Guess what that means? God gives specific instructions. It hasn't ever changed. So far, what are the instructions we've heard this week? So, shepherd, and send. Last night we saw that Jesus made sure we could see it was the people's job to loose Lazarus of his grave clothes because Jesus told them to do it. Now, you ain't going to be able to do that without Jesus because you can't loose grave clothes without the word, and you have no power, but you have to show them the word. And, and show them how to start following the word, right? And Jesus will take over. I mean, he's in the midst of it. He's around it. He's under it. He's in it. He's, he's all of it. You're doing it in his faith and his power, but it's going to take action. He uses people. After he said, loose him, he said, let him go. That's the sending part. If you're discipling somebody right now, let them go. Let them do it. Go with them. If you need to, go with them. Have them go with you. Go to the local gas station. Pick somebody out and share your testimony. And then share the gospel with them. Let them see it. Help them do it. That's what we've been instructed to do, right? His instructions have been specific. We don't have any get-out-of-jail-free cards. If you're a child of God, we're supposed to do this. It's not based on having a title called pastor. Or all of a sudden, people start to call you missionary. See, I wasn't as honorary as I wanted to be. When I walked up here, I started to say, raise your hand if you're a missionary. Because everybody sitting in this room that's a child of God is a missionary. You have a field. Your field is your current circle of influence. Okay? We can't forget that. Sorry, I got preachy again. Let's get back to the teaching. Acts 10, 7 through 8. Right? Jesus was calling him. When the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants. Cornelius called his servants. Why? Because Jesus called him. Do, do we understand that? Jesus gave him instructions. Jesus was calling him. Why did Jesus want Peter to come to Cornelius? We haven't read it yet. I haven't given you the description of it yet. But I think you probably got a pretty good idea after being here Sunday and Monday. Jesus is discipling. He's discipling Cornelius. He's discipling Peter. 
He's discipling the servants that had to go on the journey. He's teaching all kinds of people and proclaiming all kinds of things. And there's going to be a miracle. Mmm, doggy, there's going to be a miracle. What's a miracle? What do we say? Personal impact on somebody's life. Jesus Christ, personal impact on somebody's life. Well, he healed people. Yep, that's a personal impact on that, that person's life. We gave him sight. Yep, personal impact on somebody's life of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, he's preaching, he's teaching. He wanted him to go because he wanted him to go. Jesus is calling him. Peter is doing the same job. That the men at the at the graveside of Lazarus, they moved the what? What's Peter going to be used to do? Move the stone. Because as soon as that stone's moved, <laughs> Jesus gets to shout, Cornelius, come forth! And he gets to walk out of that grave, just like I did. When I got saved, just like you did when you accepted Christ, okay? So he's calling him. Acts 10, 9 through 16, whole bunch of them. We see the ones that were sent by Cornelius are being obedient in this part. We see that Peter's being stretched. We talked about that. He was a Jew. He's in a taxidermist's house, dead skins. Of animals, he couldn't be in that environment, couldn't be around the Gentile, but he was doing it anyway because God told him to be there. Peter's praying, having a conversation with God. God shows him. We talked about that. Shows him that, man, take and eat all animals. He argued with him. The conversation goes through the through that series three times. Says. Now that's just stubborn, by the way. You argue with God three times. There ain't no other name for that. Well, there is, but I don't want to get in trouble. My mom's here. Um, Acts 10, 17 through 20. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision, which he had seen, should mean, still in doubt, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Okay? So we've got a crisscrossing. We've got our pitcher and pitcher becoming one pitcher now. Everybody's caught up. Everybody's on the same page. And they're all doing really well at this point. They're all being very obedient. Okay? And Peter's just being Peter. So, verses 21 through 23, we see Peter was obedient. He inquired for the purpose of finding out what God's purpose was for him in this. When they knocked on the door and said, hey, we need you to come with us. And then they shared what their master had told them to share. Because, I mean, come with me. Yeah, no, uh-uh, ain't happening. Why? Because he was putting his life at risk traveling with them. Because he was a Jew, and they were Gentiles. 
It wasn't a rebellious question. You know, he's, he's trying to find out what's going on. He knows that they were coming for him because the Holy Spirit told him, but the Holy Spirit didn't tell him why. They were faithful. They delivered the information well. Acts 10.24, alone, by itself. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. He was expecting something coming from the Lord. And he knew it had to be important because it was coming from the Lord. And so he had his relatives and those that were within his circle of influence in his house waiting. Right? That's what we're talking about for tomorrow night, right? Let me ask you a question. You think Jesus is going to show up tomorrow night? Okay. You think people need to hear from Jesus? All right. I'm just the one that got picked to be the mouth for tomorrow night, for part of the time. Not the whole time. Praise Jesus. Okay. Bring them. Let's be faithful. Look, I'll stand here and tell you, Jesus is going to speak tomorrow night. That's not a question. The question is, how many other people do we want to hear it? That's the question. Do we want them to hear him? It's easy. Yes, Lee, move on. Leave us alone. It's for me too. Ask any pastor sitting here, anybody that's ever stood up here and preached, they know exactly what I'm saying. For you do a message like this, God's already been dealing with you about it. He's still doing it right now. Okay? So let's feel this place. Not out of guilt either. Right? Come on. Do you guys love Jesus? Yeah, isn't he awesome? You might as well just act like there ain't no slides. Listen. It don't get no better than Jesus. You ever had a hug from Jesus? Yeah. Ain't nothing like it. She didn't even hesitate. She's been hugged by Jesus. Now you're just losing your mind, Lee. Nope. I'm not. I know we're not supposed to follow our emotions. I understand that. But I also know there's two men that spent some time walking down with the road with Jesus. Horrible grammar. Sorry. I'll say it in Spanish, but you wouldn't get any of it. So two men walking down the road with Jesus. Didn't know it was him. When that whole trend, that, that whole conversation ends, and, and they see, oh, it's him, and then he's gone, They're, the first statement is, oh, how it burned within us. The presence of Jesus Christ hearing his voice. How many of you have experienced that? Stick your hand up if you've experienced that. Awesome. Praise God. Put your hands down. Second question. How many of you want somebody else tomorrow night that isn't here tonight to experience that? Okay. You just volunteered to bring one. They're not going to get here if you don't bring them. I'm serious. Right? This whole passage is a picture of discipleship again. 
You cannot have discipleship without evangelism or it's not discipleship. You cannot have evangelism without discipleship or it's not evangelism. Right? Pastor Hedges didn't come up with this slogan. He didn't come up with the goal for this conference. He got it from God. So how is that any different than the angel showing up to Cornelius and giving him instructions? Is it any different? No, it's not. I'm not calling him an angel. Come on, you could have laughed about that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not calling him an angel, but he's a man of God that's heard from God and has presented God's vision. Right? Amen? Or oh me, but pick one. Right? Be real. So, we have a beautiful opportunity because we know God's in it. Ask Missionary Dan what it's like trying to do something when God ain't in it. You said that. You tried too, huh? <laughs> right? Me too. Me too. God's got to be in it. God's in this. I know who woke me up at three. It wasn't the quick trip jalapeno dogs. My body is used to those. Okay? That's not what did it. It was Jesus. And Jesus said, I need you to do something different. He didn't quite hear what I was telling you to do. Switch to this passage instead. Okay? And then he said, don't box me out. And I said, yes, sir. And sorry. Okay? He gets to the house. Peter does. And he just lays it out. He shares what he saw Jesus do. He shares the impact Jesus has had on people's lives. And in the, this is the cool part, in the middle of doing it, people started getting saved. It'd be like Pastor Hedges being up here and preaching and doing a message and being about halfway through and people starting to get up and come forward and kneel at the altar. Because they're hearing Jesus. They ain't worried about whether or not he's done with his point. They know Jesus just talked to them and said, come on. Okay. They got saved. They accepted Christ for who he was through the testimony of Peter. Discipleship, evangelism. Peter was being discipled. And what was the fruit? Evangelism. Cornelius was being discipled. What was the fruit? Evangelism. Because his family was saved. And all of it had the end result of a what? Miracle. The personal impact of Jesus Christ on all those people's lives. The question is tonight, are you willing to answer the call of Jesus. Jesus is calling you right now. 
And he's calling us to go out there and bring people back. We have a specific mission right now for a specific time, for such a time as this. Are we going to answer the call and bring people back tomorrow? Or are we just going to, I'll get there. It's our choice. So right now, I, I think the pastor's ready to get up. I think he wants to preach. Eyes closed, heads bowed, ask yourself this question. Are you willing to answer the call of Jesus? If you do not know 100%, if you are not 100% sure beyond any doubt that you are going to go to heaven, you need to answer that call. Jesus is calling your name, and he wants you to come out of the tomb. Second one, if you're saved and you're a child of God, Jesus is calling you the same way he called Peter. He wants you to bring somebody. He wants you to do what Cornelius did. He wants you to bring somebody so that they can hear the voice of Jesus and meet him. And that's what you need to be asking yourself. As Pastor Hedges comes, you need to be ready to respond to Jesus' call. He doesn't give an option of not responding. You have the liberty to, but that's not one of his choices for you. Tonight, uh, it's very clear there's not a lot of, a lot of gray. You're either saved or lost. You're either we're either going to trust God to go, and bring, go and do, or we're not. So as we do bow our heads and our hearts, one more time across. Is there anybody that just needs to come out of the tomb? You're not. You're not. You need to be. You're bound by sin, and you're dead, and you need to be saved. We'll put that out there. Anyone at all? Is everyone here saying, yes, I know if I died, I'd spend eternity with the Lord Jesus. I know he's redeeming. And if he has, then, are we willing to do what we've been challenged? Go and do. Go and bring. Go meet them where they're at. Start a conversation. Keep it going. And bring them here. That's what, that's what God's asking us to do. Get them discipled. So if you're willing to do that, man, uh, praise God. And if you're not, you know it in your heart right now. You know, you don't believe. You're like, well, yeah, that's for somebody else. Can we trust God to do that? Can we trust God right now to do what we've been been challenged to do? You say, yeah, but no, that's the guys that he was talking about yesterday. Remember, there's all those excuses. Let's not have any. Let's be obedient. God's putting us on the spot. Heavenly Father, I just pray that, uh, Lord, the answer to this, these questions are not found in raised hands. They're found in feet that go. 
Heavenly Father, I pray that tonight we would we would believe you for your word. Lord, that we would say yes, Lord. Not not make excuses, not find other ways around it, not minimize it. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for just challenging us to make this not about us. It's not about what we're trying to, to get. It's not what we're trying to learn. It's about what you've called us to go and do so other people can learn. Lord, we know enough to lead people to Christ. We know enough to, to share life with other people. We know enough to be hear your voice and, 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 and hear you say, that's not, I don't want anything else but you to be obedient. Heavenly Father, we, we pray today, tonight, that we would be obedient. It's Tuesday night at HBF. This is people that are here because they love you. They've already proclaimed that out loud. And the Bible tells us if we love you, we keep your commandments, and you've commanded us to go you, therefore, and teach all nations. And, Lord, we're being called to go and, and engage people within the next 24 hours in a very tangible way to trust you to do that regardless of excuses. Lord, may we be willing to, to do what you've called us to do. And, uh, Lord, trust you for results. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time to, to be obedient. I thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. I pray, God, in a mighty way that we just obeyed. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. You've been sitting a while. Stretch your legs out. We'll be dismissed in a moment. Uh, thank you, brother. That is a good word. Appreciate that. And he's even given us an example. So you can literally just walk through exactly what, what he just showed us. So, man, praise God. I was sitting there thinking, man, this is, you know, it's different. Right? Is the it's is we're not going any further. It's not just an instruction. This is a challenge to go and do. Right? Be who God saved you to be, and just do it. We're going to have some IGO teams uh, forming, and uh, and some of you guys don't know what that is yet. You'll be hearing more about that. This conference is about on ramping you into, and I say you, that's me too, into evangelism, making it as intentional as anything else that we do. Um, and so uh, myself, Pastor Jeremy, Pat Lee, uh, and some others, are, and the pastor team, frankly, are all committed to being intentional about the gospel. And uh, what you just were challenged to do, and, 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 and I'm, our brother didn't even know I was going to talk about this. <coughs> he literally just set me up because this is, this is what it's about is encouraging us to go and do what it is. The very first thing you do when you get saved is go share with others what God has done in you. we got a billion methods, right? We can teach a billion methods, and that's great. We need to use them all. We need to encourage each other in that. But at the end of the day, it's not the methods. It's the willingness to go. I believe, I believe this since I got saved. I believe that when if we really, really are all in, and that's really what we're being challenged for tonight, or we, do we care? Do we care about what God cares about? Because if we do, we will find a way to get it done. Right? If you really care enough, you will figure out a way. Anyone ever met a math addict? It's a dumb question right here. I'm just, <clears throat> I believe this about addicts. And I, this isn't a negative thing. Well, it could be a negative thing. It's, not, it's just a thing, right? An addict does what it takes to get what they're addicted to. It doesn't matter what they're addicted to. They're jonesing, as we call it, right? They're jonesing for what it is that they want. And whatever it is that they want, they're willing to go to whatever length they need to go to to get it. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be addicted 
for the ministry of the saints. He wants us to be, and you guys are a bunch of addicts in the best sense of the word, man. You love God. You love people. That's why you're here tonight. So we're just asking God to make us addicted to going out and, and winning people to Christ and taking them beyond that into a deeper walk with the Lord if they will follow him. And, uh, and so uh, we want to, we wanna, you'll be hearing more about uh, I Go Teams, which is just a way for us to uh, encourage one another in the mission, in the ministry of inviting people into a friendship that turns into fel- uh, to faith with Christ that ends up in fellowship uh, a real, in a really tangible way through the, through the word of God and becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. And so uh, I don't want to get into it all tonight, but it starts tonight, really. Just go out and, and trust the Lord to do what, what uh, uh, Lee has, has asked us to do and let's start a conversation. Now you got an excuse. You can say, hey, can I talk to you? I, I, I have an assignment, and I just need to, I need to bounce this off of you. Will you let me do that? And some will say yes, some will say no. And then when they say yes, then say, well, here's the assignment. I need to invite you to know this man, Jesus. I don't know. Figure out a way to do it. Figure out a way to talk to him in a way that will connect them. You can invite him to church, too. We talked about that. God didn't call us to invite people to church, did he? What did he call us to do? Invite him to Jesus. You may not have been here for that session. That was, uh, I think, Brian Clark. But God isn't calling us to invite people to church. He's actually calling us to invite people to Jesus. And so tell them, you know, if, if I told you Jesus was speaking, would you be there? They'd be like, yeah, okay, well, come with me tonight. We're going we're gonna to meet Jesus together. All right, so a lot of good stuff, a lot of good opportunities. Um, you're going to be hearing more about IGO teams. We're not organized in the way we're going to say sign up here and all that. You'll be hearing about it, and when you do, someone might be inviting you. It's going to be organic, and it's going to be natural, and it's going to be what we do. It's not just another thing. It's, it's what we are. It's part of our DNA because good disciples are good evangelists, right? So if we're not good evangelists, I didn't ask you how well you taught lessons. I'm just saying, if we're not doing it, then what are we doing? And what in the world are we doing before Jesus comes to get us out of here? So thank you, brother. Amen. All right, so we're going to be dismissed. Now, this is the thing. Before we're dismissed, let me give you a quick rundown. Uh, tomorrow will be the big finale. We're excited about that. Tomorrow morning, we are not having we're not having breakfast, are we, David? Are we having? We're not. You're not doing breakfast. All right. So you're on your own for breakfast. Uh, there will be uh, no no sessions in the morning, but uh, and man, the Mammoth team, you guys are going to have a little break, respite, be able to go off and go to the. Are you doing the zoo or the the Shark Tank or uh, <laughs> whatever you're not Shark Tank, the aquarium? Uh, they're going to go somewhere in the metro where they got to put masks on and stay six feet apart because they're not in Cass County. And so um, anyway, so they'll be going to do that. And and so you know what? Uh, praise God for them. Thank you for Maple City Baptist Church. Amen. Uh, they are they're just a blessing, man. And our kids are having a great time. We're loving it. Thank you, Mike and Bo and and uh, all the folks over there taking care. Have you guys enjoyed hosting at HBF or HBF uh, Maple City Baptist? Yeah. Amen. All right, good. Thank you for your hospitality. Uh, tomorrow night you're going to want to be here. You're going to hear uh, from Jesus, but also he's going to be speaking through Dan Jalowick as well as as Lee Carter. So you're going to end up, and we'll also be hearing a little bit more uh, about some more prayer teams and some uh, things going on in that regard. So that's an exciting thing as well. Um, so you get the morning off, go back to work, earn some money, uh, take a nap, whatever, 
but be back here tomorrow night, and uh, we'll get it going at 6 o'clock. Josh Bennett, thanks for coming. Why don't you come close us out in prayer? I, I neglected him yesterday, uh, and uh, and pa- uh, Pastor Terry Ogle's here, too. I neglect, I forgot. I, I overlooked you, brother. I apologize. So uh, I'm going to have, can you, can you pray us out of here tonight, brother? Uh, Josh is a Oh, God, we love you so much. God, thank you so much for the, the challenge that you gave each and every person here tonight, Lord. It's, God, it, it is, Lord, as, as Brian said, it, if we're not doing it, then what are we doing, God? Because you've, you've given us a command. You told us in Matthew 28 that we're supposed to go and teach all nations, God. And so I just ask that you would, God, give us the courage, um, remove, remove the stones out of our lives, remove the, the grave clothes out of our lives that are, that are keeping us from doing what you've called us to do. God, we love you. Lord, I just pray that as we go out, Lord, as, as Lee was talking about, that we would um, that we would not, not walk away the same way that we came in, Father, but that we would learn um, to obey your voice and to listen to the Holy Spirit um, inside of our hearts. God, we love you and just ask these, these things in your precious name. Amen.